Welcome to Mental Millennials with your host, Shelby Friesen. Welcome back to another episode of Mental Millennials. Today I've got Paul Marlowe on as a guest. I've followed, well, I've, on Instagram you might know him as Tall Paul. Um, I've followed him for a while now and he's a mental health advocate, posts a lot of useful things and stuff about his life. And I actually saw a blog post that he wrote that was about doing um, an MDMA therapy session or psychotherapy. Uh, I don't know the exact details, but I read it and found it interesting. And I was curious to hear more about that and some of the backstory maybe leading up to that. So today he's here and I'll let him give a quick intro of himself and then we'll get going. Shelby, first of all, thank you, my man. I appreciate this. Um, about that blog post, therapy or psychotherapy, I'm not too sure what thing is also on that one to actually the name of it uh that was really just me on the seo thing what it gets more hits and links. <laughs> <laughs> i am as we'll talk in a bit more like i i'm like i am mental health yes for sure and that's what my goal but i think if you can't uh get in front of people's eyes and treat it as a business then how is it how are more people going to get help so uh, we can we can dive into that. But essentially, my story is it's been. Can I swear on this thing? I might swear accidentally. Oh yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Not um, I won't mean to, but it probably will come out. Um, where am I? Three years now. Essentially, since my dad passed away, um, and a bit before that, I dealt with some issues with an ex of mine who had some mental health struggles that she was dealing with. Um, which then came into my life as we broke up. And that was the first time I felt the effects of mental health struggles. Um, mm -hmm. I realized I had anxiety my whole life prior to it, but it was just such a normal thing since I was five. It was normal. This was like, whoa, I feel depressed. I have a little bit of PTSD. Um, and that was all from the situation with my ex, which was new to me. Um, and then compounding on top of that is my old man got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And so I started watching him just get frail and turn into someone I never thought he would be. He was always that young, vibrant guy. Um, so you add the stuff with her, you add the stuff with him, and then you add essentially two years of that compounding, 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 and me not knowing how to deal with it, mm -hmm. not leaving in therapy at that time it was for me um not understanding how vital sleep is how vital a morning routine is how vital a lot of these things that i preach and practice now and uh yeah like i i went it took a nosedive and i wasn't happy like actually mm -hmm. happy for at least two or three years like I remember one time I got a gig and a gig is a, for a commercial and it okay. paid out like $7,000. And it's like, when you do commercials, Vancouver is a big hub for um, the TV and the screen. Mm -hmm. And like you go in, you go through these rounds and it takes like two to three weeks, depending how big it is. Sometimes it could take four days, but like it was me against 400 people, then me against 30 people, then me against three people. And then you get it. And I was like mm -hmm. six grand. And like, I got the call, I was like, okay, on to the next thing. Um, and I, I didn't celebrate. And then like, I need to celebrate because like, I'm a dad, I need the money. But it was just like, it just, it, it didn't resonate. There was nothing there that was like, fuck yeah, I got this. It was like, okay, what am I doing next? I got to make oatmeal. 
Um, <laughs> so that was a lot of my life. And that time I was like, I really hit a low at one point. I was like, I got to change this. I got to start addressing this. I don't know what it is, but I'm 32 at the time. And man, I can't be like this at 38, 40. I can't be like this at 50. Like I won't find a wife. I won't have a steady job. Like if I keep going like this, things aren't going to go how I want to live. Um, and mm -hmm. so all I did was just start working on myself morning routines, eating better, um, leaving in therapy, going to see a therapist. Um, and then that led into actually me thinking I, things are going well. Um, but essentially it's still been like a year and a half since I had really started focusing on my mental health and things were way better, mm -hmm. but I still didn't have that happiness. It's like the joy wasn't there. And uh, I was like, shit, maybe I need to go on antidepressants, which is totally cool if you do. They're there for people. But I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to try something else. I don't know what it is, but mm -hmm. let's see if I can think outside the box. And uh, yeah, MDMA therapy came into my eyesight from a DM from someone on social media. I was like, all right, let's take <laughs> a look at this. So, so that is how I got to that point. Oh, really? So you were actually debating to do antidepressants. Oh, and yeah. Then you, and then you found that instead, but you were looking instead and that's what you decided on. I wasn't debating. Like it was, what happened? Oh, my birthday is April 8th. Mm -hmm. My dad passed away May 12th. And his birthday was like, I don't know, there's like a three week period of his birthday. So it was like his birthday, my birthday, his passing away. And actually his sister my aunt passed away like just after that so i knew i had like a six week period coming up mm -hmm. of like four life things and i hadn't at that time every time a life event that came up from the past last two years i would go into a depressed state for two weeks one before one after it was like mm -hmm. clockwork i knew it was gonna happen i was like i can't handle this one and then i'd come off the depressed state and the new one come i come depressed like i knew it was going to happen i was doing everything i could to try to stop it but they weren't happening so i mm -hmm. would be in this funk for like two months i was like oh, i can't have this happen again so actually i went to my therapist i emailed my therapist saying thing about going on depressants can i come talk to you uh i went to her she got me in within like actually 12 hours which mm -hmm. i hadn't seen her in a while so i was like dope I uh, talked to her and she's like, yeah, I've been seeing you for two years now. I knew you when you were with your ex, da, 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 da. And I don't think it's the wrong thing. You're, that's a good mindset. Let's look into this further, get a hold of a doctor. I'm like, okay. I left her. I hopped onto my Instagram, which I do, and Instagram stories. And I was like, I'm being honest with y'all as I'm walking down the street because I've been pushing sleep pushing fitness pushing all these things to take into our body and exert and mm -hmm. take up mind to um that was the way to get out of anxiety and depression and i still believe it is a great core structure we need you just sometimes need that extra thing that we can't get ourselves mm -hmm. and i was like i've been saying this the whole time i might be wrong not wrong in the sake but i thought i could make it without going on depressants but guys here i am and i think i am gonna have to so i'm just gonna own up to it right now um this is where i'm at and where i'm going through um i'd even ask for ideas or suggestions i'm like i just like it was like 30 seconds like this is it and mm -hmm. yeah just being honest with y'all 
And I had like four people DM me and saying, have you looked at um, not even MDMA therapy, essentially like with a psychedelic therapy. Right. So psychedelics is like acid, MDMA, or psilocybin mushrooms, I believe, are the three main ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I thought about mm-hmm. it. Because like, I don't know, I listen to Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, and they talk about it for like their business and their work and personal growth. But uh, I hadn't thought about it for actually like anxiety and depression, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, one close friend's like, well, if you are, I have someone who does it that I can refer you. Because... I don't know if you've looked it up, but a lot of people like it, it. It's hard to find someone that can take you safely through that journey because it's not legal. So they don't advertise it. Yeah, I was going to say that's got to be like, that was my first. I was like, I wonder where he found this person, but it's yeah. cool that you had someone so close. Got lucky. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like also, yeah. I mean, cause I've used MDMA as like a party drug oh, yeah, me over too. the years, like, <laughs> like before. So, and I had never really thought of using it in, in that way, because I mean, I see people use mushrooms for it all the time, but that was, yeah. the, that was the first time I'd ever heard of MDMA. And I was like, man, fuck. I was like, I remember using it back in the day and I was like, like, I can see the power of it, but I was more, yeah. I wonder, wonder well, what I did like you've used it i've used it like i party drug it's been a long time since i have mm-hmm. um, mainly because i haven't been partying um, <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be a game i'd rather i'd rather wake up with a mdma hangover than like a booze hangover to be honest with you yeah um but you know like when you're on it and like if you're at a party or whatever and you're talking and like you're really open to a conversation you're mm-hmm. like Depending how much you know the person, you're really open. Even if you don't know them and you find one thing you connect with, you're like, yo, let's have this deep conversation about this. Mm-hmm. Loving the vibe. And or if you're with someone you like or love, you're like, you're more honest about your feelings. You're more honest about this thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like that's, think about that situation, essentially like that conversation, but take out the booze, take out the music around you, and take out everyone else that your like mind goes on. Cause like when I'm on NBA, like I'm, I'm like a horny. So I'm like checking out all these chicks and it's like, <laughs> great. Like really, I was like, Molly is like that for me. So like the thing is if I take away all those other things, which take away my mind from like what I'm really focusing on, it's like, it was just me and my therapist talking with the substance through me, which would make me so more open and vulnerable to things that I would be too ashamed of and afraid of to talk to them in person. Even though they're my therapist, when you're sober, you're like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. that thing in the back of my head. Like, I'm not going to say that. Let's leave it for the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just more conducive to have a free flowing conversation. And also I'm assuming it brought up some things that I wouldn't have thought of mm-hmm. um, because of the MDA kind of shuffles things around in your body and allows them to creep through. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say I didn't just go see my therapist and do one session. We did nine normal therapy sessions prior to, so she could get to understand me, uh, get to know my past and know everything. So she had an idea of what we were getting into. And that was a different therapist than the one you've been seeing for the couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, So so she could like figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like an idea. And was like, did you guys pick like one thing, like t- through those nine ses- sessions, did you kind of like narrow down some an area she was going to focus specifically on when you did 
Yeah, exactly. That, and that was a lot of the reason for the reasons for the nine that she went over with me. And I see them now definitely more clearly is, uh, first of all, she had to feel comfortable with me and I had to feel comfortable with her. Mm -hmm. Um, because when you're in that state, um, if there's some wall up and you don't really trust the person, then you're not going to get the most out of it. Second of all, I'm a six, seven dude. And she is like a five foot two female. She had to feel comfortable that I wasn't going to be some creep. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's totally like, yeah, we got to think about those things too. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the first thing. And then she was like, okay, I'm comfortable. And then it was the therapy sessions were to dive into what areas need to be talked about. Um, our first thought, her third thought was actually, we're going to do acid, which is like a real journey. Mm -hmm. um, I've been reading up on it a bit more. Essentially that'd be like a 10 to 12 hour therapy session journey throughout the day. And it really shakes you up, but hits things. Mm -hmm. But the more she talked and got to learn about me, she's like, no, there's some emotional things that you have to deal with with your ex and how you see yourself or saw yourself as a child. So the three areas that we kind of focused on were my dad passing, um, the situation with my ex and how it ended. And she was my first long-term girlfriend too. So there was some stuff with that. I was mm -hmm. 29 and that was my first long-term girlfriend. And then how I, uh, how I see my past life now as a kid growing up through sports, being really tall and having pressure on me. So it's like those three main areas that was our guide. However, okay. though, when you go into these things, these psychedelic journeys, um, whether it be acid, MDMA or mushroom or mushrooms, there is the biggest thing that she preached and these books that I've been reading that they preach is don't go with and we'll go don't go in with any um predetermined conversations or thinkings of what's gonna happen. Yeah, kind of like no expectations. Because, yeah, you want it to flow, you want it naturally come. And if you go in thinking I need to do this and need to do this, I think what happens is the drug can take you in a different way. And if your mind is fighting what's happening then first of all, you won't get as much out of it. Second of all, you could go into a dark place and you don't want to be in a dark place when you're under these influences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. Like, and I, so she does all the different types of, uh, you can do any of the psychedelic drugs. She'll mm -hmm. actually choose what she thinks is best for you. Yeah, yeah, actually I'm reading a book right now. I forget the name of it and I'm pretty sure like this is she's so she's a she's a therapist. She actually is for just prenatal therapy. She's gotten her associate degree, whatever it may be. And then she decided that this side of therapy she thought was more helpful. And so she's actually worked with Dr. Gabor Mate. I believe that's how you say his name. And he's very big into it. He works with MAPS, who is a big association. Um, I mm -hmm. forget what it stands for. They're in the North America, so they're states in Canada, and they're pushing for psilocybin and MDMA therapy, like through the government. Like they're the biggest mm -hmm. um, conglomerate that is working towards it right now, trying to legalize these things. So she has worked with people in there on her own journeys, and she's taking her own journeys from other therapists. So what I believe is they have to do is they have to go and obviously have the therapy before um, their own studying to be therapists. And then from what I've read is to get that, to get where she was able to feel comfortable to help me, she had to go through her own journeys with therapy for people to help her. 
-hmm. and then kind of stand in on other ones because it's really a guiding thing once you're in Mm -hmm. six hours therapy is to guide the person and not push and be there for them and Mm -hmm. yeah so she um i believe she's done all of them and done many sessions with other people and i believe she's done them with herself uh being the person being on the other end too yeah oh yeah that's super cool well and and for you would you do it like i guess would you recommend it to other people or like i know I saw you post about the price and it was a few thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so like, like, I mean, I've done a lot of stuff at the holistic, you know, kind of space yeah. and, and things that aren't obviously covered by medical. Um, yeah. And I know, you know, there's things I've spent hundreds of dollars on or thousands and gone, eh, that was maybe, I don't think I'd do that again. I didn't really get much or sometimes yeah. it's really useful. So I was curious to see what your thought was on it. Like if you found it very valuable and if you would, if you would, yeah. if you could go back in time, would you do it again? Um, so there's two areas of that for like my anxiety and depression and how I said I wasn't feeling joy and all this stuff. And like my life was three years of really weird situation. I ever thought I would be, mm-hmm. that was the catalyst that took me out of that. Okay. So I don't think if I did it, I don't think I'd be in the same mental place I am today. So I would a hundred percent do it for that. Mm -hmm. second of all i think it was a big personal growth area for me understanding my weaknesses um not even my strengths mainly seeing my weaknesses seeing my fear to commit Mm -hmm. um, my understanding my social anxiety and accepting it and learning how to change my ways and that's what happened a lot of our sessions um so for that uh yeah and personal growth like i wouldn't have started never alone without it like really like mm-hmm. the next weeks after when really when I put it into it and um, I stopped. Uh, yeah. There were a lot of things that held me back and I would allow them to help me back before I did this session. And afterwards I would think about the things that would make me hold it back. Like I would think about doing something I wanted to do. And then within usually within a couple hours, I would talk myself out of it to be like, Oh no, that's not, I can't really complete da 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 after the journey i was like no i i can why not try and just take it one day at a time and there we go mm-hmm. and uh yeah so neverland wouldn't be here and yeah i definitely i've been thinking about it a lot lately i want to do another one mm-hmm. not for my mental health per se but just for personal growth to understand myself a bit more and uh i find that it actually helped me overcome some barriers that were ahead of me that I was too afraid to hurdle. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Never Alone, starting my small business, kind of having a side business hustle now in digital marketing. Um, I'm 35, but I've never gone this far in a business sake to like on my own and everything is on me. Um, so I know there's some stuff that has held me back from the last 34 of my years, which kept me to this point of not moving forward. And yeah, I think I, if I go and do something and work with someone, I can address those and mm-hmm. kind of just, yeah, clear the way so I can uh, grow and do what I really want to do. Yeah. It sounds like you definitely got a lot of value out of it. Yeah. I mean, just definitely. alone starting your business and everything else. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get one more question about it, I guess, yeah. for the whole thing, the aftermath of it. Like you did the mm-hmm. nine sessions, then you did, how long was the therapy session you did when you were like induced or? 
so essentially you take, we started like 9 a.m. because it was supposed to be around a six, seven hours was the general time frame she said um, for that. And mm-hmm. so you're just there chatting, listening to music, talking for that time. Um, but essentially what you would know, like, so I took one pill, mm-hmm. 125 milligrams, I think it was like, if I was to go out partying at night, that's what I would take. Mm-hmm. Um, and then halfway through, I took another pill. So I took a total of two pills, which isn't like crazy high dose, but it's mm-hmm. like if, if you're really out there and you're just using it as a party drug, that's not the craziest thing in the world to do. Um, and that was it. Yeah. Then it was actually six hours. And then you kind of obviously at nighttime, you come down and you have that usual MDMA low. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really low because you didn't have the booze hangover. So you just weren't, you know, it was just the general like, okay. But really it was the next three days, which were the oddest things. It was super <laughs> weird. Um, and it's super hard to explain. It's kind of one of those things that once you've done it, you get it. And if not, you're like, okay. But you're just, you're not really there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not, not there. Like I didn't feel afraid or uncomfortable, but I felt like I didn't want to do the things I would usually do those days. Um, but I didn't want to hide and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're kind of like just floating around in the middle. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. You were floating in the middle and just like, okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to be around a bunch of people not at all because i didn't want to have a small talk conversation like it was just it felt awkward mm-hmm. but my old comfort place was like sitting in my room by myself working or watching tv and i didn't want to do that so i was kind of shedding my old self because it didn't feel comfortable i didn't want that but i wasn't fully ready to be integrated into society so like i went biking i went for walks so i saw people and i was out in nature but um yeah it was three days of a very weird space, weird space. yeah just like a kind of the comeback from it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and a change of a change of mind like there was right. definitely a change of mindset from those six hours and my mind knew that but it wasn't ready i don't know there is some stuff but yeah it was super yeah. super great almost yeah. just like three days of contemplation or something you just kind yeah. of processing yeah. everything that happened definitely and you're like just stuck in the middle mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> And then, and then after that, it's, you got, you got to work and that's when you started to launch Never Alone or like really get it out yeah. there. Yeah. Never Alone was. was Cause I've seen you post yeah. about it for a while. Never Alone was like in the process and it was moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean by launching it, it was like, it was in the process of moving and it was what I was comfortable with at that time mm-hmm. to like the comfortability to like create something and talk about it and like so like this hoodie to go make it and only interact with your like supplier and only interact with your um designer is fine because it's like me and her me and her me and my designer and then to create something online is me on online but to actually like get them and be like here take this person and pay me money is a whole different subject mm-hmm Cause you're like, yes, I've made this and it's going towards the mental health community. I want you to talk about your never alone story and I'm cool talking online and doing something. But like, once you actually have a visual, like give to someone and get them to take it and then have their insights on it and have their comments, that's like a whole different like ball game. Like, and I mm-hmm. don't know if I would have been able to take that jump. I probably would have bailed and ditched before I got the hoodies actually made. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I would have created everything till then with this great idea and plan, but like actually paying like $10,000 to get 500 hoodies. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't even that, but like, if I get them and like, I have to go and give it to someone once they buy it and they give me their hard earned money. That's the scary part mm-hmm. for me. That was, and, um, I, if I didn't do this, I don't think I would have, I would have came up with excuse not to go forward. Yeah. I think it's, it's also, um, I mean, that definitely is the hard part of any business, I think, to launch, especially when you're sort of like the face of it. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, like similar in one of my previous businesses, we built trucks and suspension parts, but I wasn't the face of the business. I didn't have to say shit. I just made this stuff and yeah. people bought it and it was whatever. But when then coming to doing this, like with the podcast, I had very similar to you where I like did it all, but then once I had to go, okay, like I actually have to talk to somebody now. And yeah. then I kind of posted somewhere. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. So that's where it gets scary and similar for you. Um, you know, you are the face of it and you've created that and you're pushing it and you're interacting with these people. Um, so mm-hmm. like doing the back end is easy, getting everything set up. But then once you have to actually get it out there. Well, let's not say it's easy because it was a fucking yeah. learning experience. <laughs> yeah, but- true. <laughs> But it was safe because I could mess yeah. up. I didn't have to tell people like it mm-hmm. could have like I had some times. I remember I had some times where it was like there was it was like to get these hoodies done. Obviously, there's a back and forth like they create one and then I get it. And then like the sleeves are too short. Then they go back and through. And I had a period where I was like bang, bang, bang on, on, on. Once I got it, I got back to them through. And there was this one where it was so like out there for me. I was like, I got it. And I remember waiting four weeks before applying to them to make the next step. And that, that was it. Like it was in my uncomfortable zone and I could wait four weeks because no one knew what was going on and I could mm-hmm. hide it. But in the back of my head, it was like, you idiot, get going. You're wasting four weeks. You know, you're not letting the ball keep rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then putting it out there, like once it's out there and I put it out there to the buy, like I can't wait four weeks to yeah i can't wait all this time so yeah and also doing everything by myself right everything has been by myself so it's been a lot of learning and uh, a lot of areas where i could just you know fail and keep personal training for whatever on the side and not not follow through (laughs) yeah well that's awesome i'm happy that you did um and so like where do you see like right now you you can buy them online And it's all like launch. So what's your mm-hmm. kind of plan with it for the future now? Cause, cause how, like I've seen you posting too, about having people like guest write or they'll share mm-hmm. their story on the, on your blog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess um, just the overall business approach to it. Like, like what's your goal with it? If you want to share that. It's adapting and learning yeah. uh, is really the biggest thing. And like, that's what I did prior to launching. And now that I've launched, I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to do that because now I'm comfortable doing it while it's live. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've come to the realization in the last week that uh, fashion and clothing sales is something that for some reason I've wanted to get into for the last 12, 12 years. And this is my first thing to learn to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned a lot, which I'm stoked for. Um, but I do also know how I launched this, um, COVID kind of messed up my plan, but I learned from that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I believe the hoodie sales and this can be a good piece for it, but it's not the forefront that I want to have. And I, the blog and a never alone stories really are, I think something, um, if I keep it up for next year or two, 
uh, one week, one blog to every one to two weeks of someone sharing their story and people come in and want to tell them, I think that is where a lot of um, help, information, guidance, and acceptance of mental health struggles of people from no matter who they are um, can be shared and um, people can grow from those. I think those stories are really valuable. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I'm actually separating my site in the next two weeks. Okay. Right now it's e-commerce on top of the blog. I'm separating the blog, putting it forward first and the e-commerce will be there, but it's going to be a secondary page uh, because once these are sold out the 500, I'm going to maybe look at kind of like a Supreme style way of creating clothing, um, kind of do one-off pieces like a hundred t-shirts or tank tops, but never mm. alone. And, I still want to keep the style up and I want to keep like, they're very nice. It's not merch. It's a nice piece of clothing, which mm -hmm. is the biggest thing I want to do in the mental health realm because mental health clothes are merch in my mind, super cheap. And, uh, it's just from what I saw of other people's and mm -hmm. I want to keep that up. But I think for me, business wise, uh, financially, like it's the smartest move at this time until probably a year or two from now, I'll have a better picture and plan. And I do want to set pieces, but, I just, I can't, uh, I need a team for that mm -hmm. right now. I just don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I like that approach. Like I, I think too, when people read the stories and, and everything in that vision of it, they'll connect with it and that'll, mm -hmm. you know, if that lands with them and they connect with it, they'll obviously buy um, the clothing. And I, yeah. I, I, the idea of the set pieces I think is awesome as well, because it's not just like, Hey, anybody can just buy this shirt anytime. It's like, yeah. Hey, I've got a hundred of these. If you want one, um, this is it. This Reorder. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Get it to them. Make it really like, yeah, sorry. My pods are, Oh, it's cold. all good. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's the idea and make it like, then really get into the hundred pieces, get as much into them, make them the best that I can um back them to some something so there's always something going toward the mental health initiative or a new project i have yeah um, collaborations yeah. and stuff yeah there's there's a lot of learning to do in it but having 300 hoodies still in my mom's office waiting to move them and uh yeah just not how i want to do things that <laughs> can afford to yeah because even smaller quantity stuff too like even if you just did 50 to start or maybe even 20 or something and whatever you sold them out right away, but people start to get the idea. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. and, and it makes it seem more like art. It's not just like they're getting, you know, it's like an art people will make five of something. And then mm -hmm. that's, I think kind of like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, it's uh first I got to get these off. I'm putting a, doing a campaign soon on Facebook and hopefully getting, getting them, moved on before the end of the year and mm -hmm. then i can start 2021 with kind of uh, some new ideas goals and plans and uh yeah but the never alone stories for sure blogs um really want to put the money in to actually get people to create youtube videos for them to get videographers in and tell that story in a video oh um, video so blogs and videos format work together and i think then we can create that into instagram and all these other channels where that's the biggest goal for never alone is just to bring mental health initiative talk into mm -hmm. 2020. Um, I don't think a lot of companies get how to interact with the youth mm -hmm. and social media. And it just doesn't uh, come across as I think as good as it could. No, exactly. Well, I like that. You're definitely taking the, like a wide approach and 
especially like you said, you're doing the digital marketing and stuff now. So like you're going to have the best way to know how to get it all out there so people can actually see it and use it. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of testing right now. Um, mm. Yeah. That's it. Always learning. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, man, I'm, it's cool to hear about everything, like the journey, your business, all that stuff. I'm going to have to grab a hoodie. That's for sure. Before they're gone. Yeah. Um, should, really. And then, <laughs> um, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to chat about or say, or. Uh, no, like that's it. I'm stoked. Um, obviously, uh, with the MDMA and psychedelics, I just want to say that it was, it is illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I did was illegal. I was very lucky to find someone who knew what they were doing. Um, I don't suggest you just grab someone and say, Hey, let's do this. Find someone who knows it, a therapist who's done it before. Um, also go to that therapist prior to, for a few sessions, if you can. Um, I read some stories where people just reached out to a therapist and they said, yeah, well, let's do it. And they went and they popped them all in. They did their thing. Um, I think there's so much more value that that therapist knows your backstory and is able to spend some time with you for like five or six sessions and right. get to know you as a human before you do this journey. Um, but yeah, hopefully, like I said, they're really pushing it. Uh, maps is and Tim Ferriss actually is uh, the psychedelics and therapy and hopefully, I don't know, 22, 23, it'll be uh, more acceptable and out there for people to use luckily mm-hmm. we're in canada and we're a bit more open to things so hopefully we'll get it first mm-hmm. but uh yeah other than that just you know talk about your mental health but always look for actionable ways to uh, help yourself you can talk only so much if you're not ready to take day-to-day action then it's gonna be a hard journey getting out mm-hmm. yeah i love that you got to take the action mm-hmm. awesome Okay. Well, Matt, I appreciate you coming on. It was awesome to hear about everything and where you're going and we'll follow along and I'll do a little email to my list about your hoodies and stuff too. So hopefully you can That'd be awesome. some people be to grab so Yeah, for sure. So we'll Thank touch, you. yeah, we'll touch base and I'm sure we'll Definitely. be in touch. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Shelby, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for coming out. Definitely. Okay. Bye. Bye.